Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Virtue signaling and the risks of speaking for the unpopular and offensive in university campuses. University President Liz McGill and Chairman Scott Bach of the Board of Trustees of the University of Pennsylvania resigned due to the outrage spawned by the former's qualified response in a House hearing to the question of whether threatening to kill Jews violates the university's code of conduct on bullying and harassment. As a reaction to these, CNN commentator Van Jones made an on-point remark. To paraphrase Jones, higher education has an obligation to ensure the physical safety of students, but it is not their duty to make students intellectually safe. In fact, the raison d'etre of universities and colleges should be to provide a ground to destabilize and disturb the minds of students, even with offensive or disagreeable speech. It has been said that it is in disturbing the minds that people are taught. Free speech is the core of academic freedom. McGill and two other university presidents from Harvard University and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, were pilloried by a society that is reeling from the toxic divisiveness engendered by the Israeli-Hamas war that has extended into many university campuses. Colleges and universities across the United States, and even in other countries, are now witnessing competing mass demonstrations between pro-Hamas and pro-Israel students, faculty and staff. And the bitter divide has been expressed in what many have construed as offensive speeches that bordered on anti-Semitism by the pro-Hamas and Islamophobia by those who support Israel. Unfortunately for McGill and the other university presidents, they anchored their responses to the questioning of U.S. House Representative Elise Stefanik of New York on the norm that even the most hateful and disagreeable speech is a constitutional right as long as this is not matched by actual conduct. Thus, anti-Semitic or Islamophobic remarks made within university campuses by students, staff and faculty are forms of protected speech unless they are transformed into actual conduct of physically harming Palestinian Arabs or Jews. The hypocrisy of Stefanik, who has tolerated anti-Semitic remarks by her fellow Republicans, including former President Donald Trump, has been muted by the outrage against these university presidents' audacity to mouth a legalistic interpretation of a constitutionally protected right to call for the genocide of Jews if it is in the context of being a mere speech act. Here at home in the Philippines, the ripples of division spawned by the Israel-Hamas conflict are less palpable. It seems that many people have been animated more by the Kathniel breakup than by the October 7 attacks on Israel by Hamas that killed innocent Jews and other nationals and the deaths of innocent Palestinians in Gaza due to the retaliatory bombings by the Israel Defense Forces, IDF. Some university students and faculty mobilized to protest genocidal acts by Israel but not the terrorism of Hamas. The University Council of Updilliman issued a statement condemning Israel and in defense of innocent Palestinians. Some student groups staged protest rallies against Israel. Ironically, there is no mobilization against the atrocious acts of China against Filipinos in the West Philippine Sea. As of this writing, there is no single academic body, student or faculty, or university president that has come up with a statement condemning China. However, this is not to say that the challenge facing U.S. universities about protecting the rights of students, faculty and staff is not likewise faced by higher education institutions in the country right now. Philippine universities face the same risk if they defend unpopular speech. We have seen the explosion of demands for rights, ranging from mental health to safe spaces for marginalized genders and other identities, to call for academic freedom.
educational institutions have revised their manual of operations, policies and even pedagogies to ensure that the university will be a safe space for all, particularly the marginalized voices. Universities that used to have stringent dress codes are now forced to adopt more liberal policies to provide students with more freedom to express their identities in the clothes they wear. Faculty and student discipline now take into account mental health as a factor to be considered. An erring student who in the past deserved disciplinary measures or a faculty who could have been denied promotion or tenure would now be assessed on whether their conduct is due to a mental health challenge that, under the law, could not be penalized and should be remedied by appropriate therapy. Gone are the days when teachers were considered masters of their classrooms and could freely terrorize their students. Students are now given more latitude to assert their rights even on matters such as the computation of their grades to the fairness and appropriateness of their course requirements. We now live in an era where mental health has become an item that can be ticked as one of the excuses that can be offered by students who in the past would have been given a failing grade. There is also now virtue signaling, seen in the adoption by many higher education institutions of conspicuous, self-righteous moral positions, particularly on political issues, by many higher education institutions. Dominated by a liberal viewpoint, this then leads to the structural preferences toward liberal progressive views, which unfortunately can even lead to their adopting partisan political positions. Universities adopt codes of ethical standards not only in professional practice, but in the conduct of research that celebrate preferential rights for the marginalized. Universities further assert their academic freedom, and many condemn red tagging. However, many campuses appear to be hostile to other political positions, particularly those that are perceived to be enabling the Marcos narrative, which the liberal gatekeepers in these campuses have adjudged to be antithetical to the virtue they are signaling to the public that they purportedly possess and celebrate. I wouldn't be surprised if, despite adhering to free speech rights and academic freedom, that many university voices, including student councils and faculty bodies, will remain muted and will hesitate to come up with public statements when it comes to protecting and allowing the voices that are inconvenient to their preferred political narratives.